everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. Hope you all are doing well. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. This is fucking episode 50 of the Midnight Terrors podcast. I cannot believe that we have made it here, but thank you all so much for joining us on this journey, and we have something real special for this episode. First and foremost, I have two guests here with me. The returning legendary horror author, Z.C. Kroll, a.k.a. Zach. What's up, buddy? Oh, boy. Legendary, huh? Legendary. <laughs> How you doing, man? Uh, great. It's an honor to be here again. Love you. Thank you for having me. Likewise, so, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, we're going to just have a big old party here tonight because and congrats on episode 50 man it's awesome thank you so much man i appreciate it i I cannot believe how quickly the the time has gone has gone by but uh i'm glad to be here and i'm glad people are uh are on board with us so uh and zach tonight we are also not alone uh for episode 50 we have a very very special guest i met this gentleman back in uh concord north carolina in february of this year at a little no, don't con. fuck up his name, Kevin. I will not. <laughs> <laughs> at a little con called Mad Monster. And I was a fan of the first of the two movies that I'll mention for several years. And then got a hold of the sequel. He is a great filmmaker. I would like to welcome Chris LaMartina, who is the director of the WNUF Halloween special and its sequel, the Out There Halloween Megatape. Hello, Chris. Dude, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really stoked we finally got the stars aligned and we were able to talk on the podcast. And congratulations on 50 episodes. That's awesome. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate yeah, it. I uh I actually didn't know you were going to be at Mad Monster and then I spoke to Ryan from Terrorvision yeah. uh about it and I had actually bought a copy of WNUF from him and then like maybe 6 days before the con he's like, "Oh yeah, Chris is going to be hanging out. Come say hello." <laughs> so That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's funny actually. I was like, um, I had a couple of vacation days or sick days to burn from my my, my full time my big boy big boy job as I call it. Um, and I was and Ryan was like, yeah, I'm doing Mad Monster. If you want to like 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 split a table or just come work for Terrorvision or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a blast. And honestly, Mad Monster was a great convention. Like I had a really good time, and uh, I'm so glad I made the drive down. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, it was a party that was for sure. It was it, absolutely. It was a packed well, house I, there. <laughs> I was going to say one of my favorite parts of the weekend was doing karaoke afterwards. I mean, like uh, my go to karaoke song is Dead Milkman Punk Rock Girl. I and, love like, it. That's always like the type of crowd to do that song with. So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And you came down from. So you're based out of uh, Baltimore, Maryland. That's Baltimore. right. Balt- yeah, that, that's when my accent will come out. Baltimore, Maryland. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, we talk, you know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I, I um. Born and raised here, and uh, you know, we, I don't we we don't do that many conventions. Like most of the time, I always kind of find it like, um, you know, respectfully, I'll say this about anyone who runs a convention. Uh, we only do like a handful where either get a free table or someone will pay for us, us to travel for them. So like when Ryan did that, it's like I've never been in North Carolina for any type of convention. So you oh, guys wow. have a really cool scene down there. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely starting to uh, expand. Our show is going to be going to a con in Columbia, South Carolina, called SC Horror, which I'm excited for. So we're we're starting to build it up a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say down in um Columbia, South Carolina, my buddy Tommy Faircloth is down there. If you ever saw um a uh, crinoline head or Generation Axe, he was oh, like yeah. one of my, my like my like the one of the first like low no budget filmmakers that I, I started talking with when I was like 14, 15 years old. Really <laughs> talented guy. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. No, we're we're starting to catch up with the rest of the country at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, no, Chris, I, it was an honor to meet you. Like I said, both me and Zach are, are big fans of WNUF and out there Halloween negatape. And, uh, Thank you. it was a real treat to, to get you on here. And I actually, 
years before I met you, the reason I found out about your work was because of my favorite podcast, Horror Movie Night. <laughs> oh, yeah! They, uh, I listen to those dudes constantly, love that show so much, yeah. and uh, you were on their Werewolf of Washington episode way back yes. in 2018, I remember. Yes, that was so funny, cause, and, and it's, it's really interesting, I feel like, I like episodes, like tonight we're gonna be talking about, like, in a movie, and like, like, a bunch of these horror podcasts do the thing where they sort of like, okay, let's, we'll have you on and talk about your stuff to sort of hawk your wares and talk about your own work. But at the same time too, I love connecting about other movies that I would never have an opportunity to talk about. And when they were like, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, Werewolf of Washington. Cause that way I can talk <laughs> about politics and like, and like made for TV movies. And they were like, uh, okay. <laughs> and that was like, that was like sincerely a, a really fun, um, a really fun experience experience. And also just an excuse to talk about Dean Stockwell. So <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Zach, are you familiar with that one? I'm not familiar with it. Um, it's uh, well, let me tell you about it. <laughs> please, please. So, um, yeah, watch. I'll just do another whole podcast about Werewolf of Washington. There we go. Um, no, but it was um, so it's Dean Stockwell who plays Al on Quantum Leap. It's like a made-for-TV movie from the '70s, and it's basically um, it's right after Watergate happened. So it's like a sort of a satire of Watergate culture, Washington and corruption, and. Um, uh, basically it's uh, he gets bitten by a werewolf and he turns into a werewolf and that's like sort of like the story of him turning a werewolf and it's all classic like time-lapse transformation sequences like it's it's fucking great yeah. I'm sold you, you can stop yeah. right there I mean yeah. I mean it's, it's really it's really a dumb movie but it's so just like it's like I mean, he makes some jokes like like he starts seeing the pentagram in his for his in his palm of his hand and they're like what's the pentagon have to got got to do with this like <laughs> shit like that like it's absurd you had me at Dean Stockwell because um one of my favorite movies of all time is the Langle years oh oh my god Langoliers, that, that the, the CGI is just garbage <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, so good. Amazing. I Amazing. I know what Zach's doing when we sign off from here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Also, I'm pretty sure you're the only person who's ever said one of my favorite movies is the Langley. <laughs> well, I have like 5,000 favorite movies of all time. So. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right. I respect that. Yeah, don't don't we all, and we all have those hot takes, right? I was actually just talking with our buddies from another show, and they were talking about uh, Friday the 13th and what their favorite movie was, and they were all like, um, oh, Zach, it was because you were on uh, the Review to Death podcast where you guys were talking about which Friday the 13th movies you like. Yeah. And I was like, uh, uh, what week is it? Because, <laughs> yeah. <I was> like, <laughs> well, they were all texting. They're like, um, I like part two, part six, and like uh, some of the other ones. And then I just chime in with, I love Jason Five. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's like you know it's funny like i feel like that has one of my favorite like mini sequences part five when she's doing the break dancing like yes. that's always stuck out with me um just because i think it's just like a, a unique scene but like i have to say i think my favorite one's probably part six. Oh, so good yeah. it's a classic yeah yeah one of those early meta slashers too so right right <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Well, I, uh, that ties in perfectly, Chris, to uh, my next question, because anytime we get a new guest on the show, we start the same way. We always want to know, where did you get your start with your interest mm -hmm. in the horror genre? And as my mm -hmm. co-host would normally say, what movies fucked you up? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I would say like the start of the horror stuff was, so, so like I was, I was born in 1985. 
And I was the youngest of three kids. My brother and sister, I'm kind of an accident. Um, my mom's mom has told me that with love. Um, in, in probably <laughs> sleazier terms, how she told me, but um, and I love my mom, so that's not like a ding. <laughs> but like basically with having a, 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 a siblings significantly older, I saw a lot of horror through them. And I also got a lot of like scary stories told to me because they were trying to scare me as a child. Sure. Um, so I remember like young as a young age, like my brother reading stories from um like Alvin Schwartz, scary stories to tell in the dark, oh, yeah. and like showing me the illustrations to the point where I would be like the the, those amazing black and whites were like charcoal like um they're terrified me and i i mean I, there were pictures i just couldn't look at i mean i remember really early on even like walking past like the horror section of video store walking i'm gonna do a visual gag for a podcast that doesn't work but covering my eyes because if i saw a box art for a movie it would terrify me um but at the end of the day like you know when i was a kid like i i realized like the attraction of that stuff like you know there's the, there's this old storytelling trope uh the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek right <laughs> and uh it was one of those things where it's like i i was scared of horror early but it was like because i was fascinated by it it was really like attractive to me and um you know this is the era of ghostbusters the animated series and even i mean the movies i saw this at a very young age and then um i mean my godmother would tell me stories about my godmother was very superstitious italian catholic woman and she watched me a lot um and uh you know, she would tell me stories about the, the saints, like stigmata, about like all these crazy urban legends. And um, so, yeah, I would say like that was sort of my 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 entrance into horror. I mean, my brother at a young age showed me um, uh, Predator, um, Monster Squad was a massive, massive, massively important movie to me. But the movie that fucked me up um, uh, when I was like five or six around that era, Toxic Crusaders was a cartoon. And I realized, oh, there's a live action version of this cartoon Toxic Crusaders called Toxic Avenger. And my my godmother, Lulu, uh, she bought it she, from Suncoast or, or Woolworth or somewhere, special ordered me a copy of Toxic Avenger. And um, that really, that basically ruined my life. Um, <laughs> like, and, I, and I mean, I, I guess I mean that in a good way, but it was it was my first introduction to movies that don't look like like big budget stuff. And it was also like really, really um, important for me, like the subversive humor in those movies and just the intensity of it. It also probably made me into a pervert too, because there's probably, I probably seen a movie <laughs> with like sex and violence at a, at a really young age was, um, was uh, pretty significant in my development. Oh, for sure. And we all yeah. go, we all go through that with our intro to horror. We're like, this feels kind of dirty to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to right, watch. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. Uh, Toxic Avenger. What a, what a flick that is. Uh... It's crazy. And I didn't even see like, and the funny thing is like, you know, people see it now. And you think about it when you have the you have the full like the full scene of the kid getting um, run over his head gets crushed. But the version I saw was the was like severely edited, even though it's still really like sleazy. But I just think about that like holy moly, like I um I can't believe like um I saw that at, at age like I think about like my sister's kids now and they're like you know I think from various ages from like I guess like like eight to fifteen or sixteen now. But I can't imagine them even now watching something like that. Um, and I think I think that's like a different like our generation growing up. And I'm how all you you guys are. I'm 38 now, but um, it's it's one of those things where like that was like seeing stuff that you weren't supposed to see very young happened all the time. And now not so much. Although granted, I don't know every kid. I just know my family. So <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah I, I felt cool. Yeah. I felt cool. I'm I'm 35, Chris. And yeah, okay, uh, okay, okay. So yeah, fi yeah. finding all that stuff was just, uh, you know. Yeah, it, like it really, it, but it really did. Like you know, you felt cool. Yeah, like you really yeah. felt like I remember like pulling that tape out when my buddy Sean came over and being like, you like pull it out of the sleeve because I owned it. Like I'd be like, oh, yeah. we gotta watch this. And I remember him saying, I don't think we should be watching this. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. We Evil Dead Two, yeah, uh, yeah, Dawn of the Dead, <laughs> yeah, all that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Is it? I mean, like, and and that was the thing too, like you really felt like when going to the video store felt like you were going through like um 
I don't know, like some like like you know, like like some sort of like ancient cave or something. Being, <laughs> yeah. What treasures await me? Well, especially um, the horror section, like the I, I mentioned this, I think on this podcast, Kevin, is that the, the VHSs for horrors were so colorful, like everything was so vibrant. Like you had yeah. like Ice Cream Man, and you had <laughs> yes, um, Doctor Giggles, and the dentist, yeah. and all these like shitty, you know, direct to to video. Like, I like really, how you went with it, occupational horror, like literally like pick a, a profession. <laughs> like why, why haven't we seen a firefighter horror film yet? It's <laughs> a good uh, point. That's so um, good. Yeah. But it's just, all that was so attractive to me at a young age. I was yeah. like, I just, I gotta see these movies. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm the, uh, I guess the baby on the podcast cause I'm 30, so I'm not too far yeah. behind Zach, but I, uh, I also with later movies was what still watching stuff that I probably shouldn't have been watching. And I remember having yeah. to wait till my parents go to sleep to go yeah. like use the free on demand thing to scroll through uh, yeah. movies like that. I remember one of the early ones that got me was um, uh, the first horror Jack Frost movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching that. I'm like, this is like so cheesy, but so like dastardly and how it's presented uh, and it's again, it's like we said this early on way back when we started the show horror when you're getting into it is like this weird forbidden fruit type scenario, right? Where yes. you get introduced and you get that initial scare and it really fucks with you. And then over time, you're like starting to crave it more and more. And you're almost yeah. chasing that first scare that really got you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. uh. It's funny how uh, how that stuff works out, and then here we all are, completely sane human beings. Yeah, nowadays, yeah, yeah we're doing great. <laughs> we're yeah. good. We're good. No, that's awesome, Chris. And I, uh, so that actually ties into kind of the movie that you picked for us this evening. Yeah, which is the Video Dead from 1987. And I got to ask, was this a was this a blockbuster find? How did you stumble across this masterpiece? So, yeah, so this was um, not blockbuster, but there was a um, I'll tell you the origin story, uh, if you will. Uh, so I was. Um, it, it's funny, like this is what's I think what's also weird about like um, so a lot of people like, um, you know, I remember when blockbuster came to town in in in, in Baltimore and like in like Catonsville Woodlawn where I grew up. Um, you know, I remember my parents being like, oh, my God, Blockbuster has such great selection. Now, initially, Blockbuster had just bought other collections from other stores, right? So they would have some movies that were essentially what would I call deep cuts that were still on their shelves. Eventually, over time, Blockbuster corporate would just start purchasing only the exact same titles for all their stores. So but that being said, there got to a point where my parents only wanted to go to Blockbuster. And I was like, no, I really like going to the, the mom and pop stores because they you never really know what they have. So around, I guess I was probably somewhere but preteen like not even not a teenager yet probably like somewhere between 10 and 12 um there was a, a store by my parents house that i could walk to called video magic and i would go because i would drive up to this place jeffy's comics and then i would walk to video magic but i didn't have a card and they wouldn't let me have a card because i was a child and i didn't have a credit card to even start your own card but i'd go in there and look at their tapes and be like oh my god and, the, and video magic had this amazing um uh, it's very funny, like a lot of places. It was right next to their porno section, but you go in and there was this little alcove for their horror tapes. And it was this alcove that kind of like they had like set direct decorated like a, like a dungeon. So like so like plastic skulls, rubber bats, rubber snakes in between all these tapes. And That's like, so cool. um, yeah, it was really like styrofoam gravestones around the around the um, the top of the um, the t like the top uh, shelf. 
And I loved it. And like, and like, I would be like, mom, mom, please, will you please get a card to video magic? She's like, no, we have like, we have like blockbuster cards. There's always blockbusters. Like, you know, like, why, like, why do we need to go to this shitty video store? Uh, she didn't say shitty. She was talking to me as a child, but that was like how I imagine it. Um, but anyway, so like what ended up happening was I finally like, like, I guess for my birthday some year, I was like, please, well, that's what I want. I want a, a video card, to video, uh, you know, a membership card to video magic. And I'm, I'm not forget their, their membership cars were, um, uh, like a little, like a, like a bunny with a, re- a videotape coming out of a top hat, like video mat. It was like goofy. <laughs> I, like it was so memorable though. And I'll never forget about that video store. They had this really, I spent so many fucking quarters. They had this tub <laughs> of water that was like a cylinder with all these little, um, like little, like, um, raised, uh, I guess like pegs. And if you threw a quarter and it landed on one of the pegs, you got five free rentals. So anytime, I mean, it was, it was clearly just like, it was awful that they did this to a child because like, you know, you buy it, you rent a tape and you always have change left over because it's like, you know, like 350 or 375. Yep. So you have a quarter and you're like, well, I'll just throw my quarter and maybe I'll get five free rentals. I probably spent $50 over the course of a summer, like throwing, you know, quarters in there. Um, but anyway, so I rented, um, I rented video dead because the cover looked amazing. Like it's like zombies coming out of a TV set. Like, holy shit. Like, obviously that movie is going to be phenomenal. And um, you know, like most horror fans, you rent a lot of movies and uh, you're disappointed about half the time, maybe more than half the time. Um, and Video Dead was one of those weird things where I put it in. I was like, OK, it's obviously cheap, but like I loved it. And I love the idea, especially as a horror fan who was always hoping for, you know, I don't believe in um, well, I don't believe in much. But like, uh, you know, the like I don't believe that monsters are real. Um, I mean, well, there's plenty of human monsters, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, but like I, uh, um, I, I, you know, I like the idea of like, oh man, zombies coming out of, out of, out of my TV set and invading my town. And I'm going to like, you know, flirt with some cute girl and like get, beat, meet a guy with a chainsaw and kill zombies. Like that was like a cool little fantasy for like 10 or 11 year old. And um, that movie just really hit hard for me because it, it was just like so cool. Like, it's almost like, um, uh, it's almost like the video game Zombies Ate My Neighbors, but before, you know, <laughs> Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Yeah, it's funny. a very MTV generation movie. Totally, like totally. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. That's such a that's such a cool like time capsule as well. Cause yeah. even even being born in ninety two, like that was still there for at least another ten yeah. to fifteen years. And that's Absolutely. just you know, streaming's very convenient and you know, you can you have access to pretty much any movie that you want. But something about the magic of the video stores and the displays and things like that, like we just don't get that anymore. Yeah, hundred percent agreed. Yeah, I'm I'm still a physical media guy. And I, there's just something about holding yes. that thing, like discovering that thing and holding it in your hand. It's just yeah, know, love it. Well, it's interesting about physical media too right now because like I mean, it's funny I was talking to like um uh well actually I wasn't even talking to Ryan I was listening to the Terrorvision podcast a couple of days ago him and Brad talking about how like you know. There's movies that are going straight to streaming right now that if one streaming <laughs> plucks them, they're gone. So like I, I like the idea that Service yeah. is starting to put out some titles that were just streaming on like, you know, like a screen box or something that um that now have a I, I mean for me as a filmmaker, extra features are everything. If something oh, yeah. extra features, I don't pick it up. Yes. So absolutely. Yeah. Commentaries, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Yeah. Shout yeah. out, shout out to Terravision, man. They're doing some amazing oh, stuff over there. Love Ryan. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> love, love, um, love Ryan though from Terravision. He is such a good he's dude. He's one of my best buddies. He's he's such a good dude and his heart's in the right place. I think absolutely. what he's doing is so important. Yeah. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Of, I'm sorry, yeah. Speaking of Terravision, uh, Chris, have you seen the movie Terravision? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I actually, okay. I was gonna say, I think even the Blu-ray of Video yes. Dead is is Terravision yep. on yep, there. Yeah, that's yeah. the one that I have. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny. So Terravision, um, 
I initially saw Terror Vision on Sci-Fi Channel because um, they used to have a lot of like Empire and, and Full Moon movies on there back in the day. Like they used to do like like a like a, a movie every Sunday afternoon. But like Terror Vision, um, I mean, I could talk about Terror Vision forever, but like um, <laughs> uh, like the movie. But like because uh, I was going to say Ted Nicolau, who Ted Nicolau, um, <clears throat> one of my favorite series is Subspecies, and like you know Ted Nicolau directed um, those and Terror Vision. But also what I love about um, Terror Vision, it's just like so fun. It's such a weird movie and. Um, uh it's funny years ago my but a band i was playing i was playing this punk rock band and we played um uh uh us, like we basically there used to be this thing there's this thing called more gore in baltimore where they would show two movies and in between the movies they'd have a band play so like at the time my band reverse swan played um uh that and in between i was like i learned enough of the baseline for the theme song to terror vision to like <laughs> sing along but like i was like That's why awesome. would i even do this like most of this audience doesn't even know this fucking movie so like it's like no one will give a shit and i'll just be like the guy who wasted a fucking afternoon learning the terror vision theme song <laughs> i would have been the one guy in that crowd with the light yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that's so badass that is awesome <laughs> Yeah, no, there's there's something great about these uh these forgotten eighties cheesy horror comedies. Um to prep yeah. for this, me and Zach actually watched this together over Zoom uh-huh. the other night. Um nice. this was actually my first watch. Um okay. I had heard about it, seen that cover. Um I think Horror Movie yeah. Night even did an episode on it like years and years ago. Um uh-huh. so I but I had never seen it, so finally watching it i'm glad i watched it with zach because it was like he just got my raw reactions as a 30 year old man just yes. seeing what's on the screen in front of me and yes. uh but it's a <laughs> it's pretty fantastic spoiler alert for when we dive into the plot uh zach what were what was your history with this so i first saw it in 2020 i i uh became friends with a guy shout out to cody he's a good friend of mine uh he told me about this movie when i met him and it scared the shit out of him when he first saw it, when he was a little kid. And I was like, well, I got to see it. I looked it up and it didn't look very impressive. Like, you know, it looked like it looked completely up my alley because I love this era of movie making, especially like this lower budget kind of thing. But I watched it and I just absolutely fell in love with it. And I could I could see why he would have been freaked out by it as a little kid. Like, for, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, totally. Um, I mean, the zombies are pretty scary in it. Sincerely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, I've since seen it maybe three or four more times and I just, I, I adore it. Yeah. 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 It's... Uh, but you, you, you had mentioned yet cause you, you found out that video store, you had mentioned subspecies. Yes. Um, we had a video store called video safari. I don't mean to go off the rails here, but no, the, no, um... I, please. I always love hearing about like people's yes. personal video stores. Amazing. <laughs> um, you mentioned video subspecies. Safari. That's so good. God yeah. Damn it. <laughs> That's where I found I saw all of the Charles Band uh, Full Moon Pictures movies because they yeah. didn't have those at Blockbuster. So like yeah. I got to you know because you're a fan of um, J.R. Bookalter. Oh my god, I love Eric this Stanzi. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, you, oh yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you had I think you had two cops in WNUF that were named after. Yeah, so Stan, so Bookwal- Bookwalter is um, represented by Officer Bookwalter in the WNF movies, yeah. and then um, Eric, uh, sorry, Eric, Eric Stanzi has a loving homage to him. Veronica Stanzi, one of the news producers, um, and I, and I know Eric, like um, I, mean, I know Jr. too, obviously. I've been to, I've been to um, my buddy Charles. Uh, Jr. was one of the best men, or one of the groomsmen at his wedding. So we like hung out and like oh, no talked shop, and awesome. um, yeah, and Charles was one of the producers on WNF, and. Um, and then uh, Eric Stanzi, I mean, I'd been following his career since I was young, um, because I read his notes from the underground, like the low budget, like behind the scenes stories in Fangoria. And Eric has just become like a, like a, I mean, I, I would say like a friend, like we don't talk regularly, but like, you know, we've had some good conversations comparing notes to distributors and things like that. And that's what's so important, man, being filmmakers, like 
like really talking to each other about like um just how you operate in the, the same space you're in it's like man some of my best my best times are conventions or just hanging out grabbing lunch or, or coffee or beers with like other filmmakers um because yeah. it's like you know you have all these little pockets of filmmakers all around the country that uh, essentially don't get a chance to really connect uh but no but i, I love those guys sorry to go off the rails <laughs> no, no, <laughs> he, he's from akron yeah. I, mean, I was actually born in akron that, that's where i was oh are you okay yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome hell yeah <laughs> that's that. awesome yeah, yeah. Br- bring on the tangents that's what i love yeah. about podcasting well, I was gonna say, I mean, <laughs> bookwalter and stanzi were were mine like so it's really interesting man like i or at an early age i i, I decided like oh i don't want to make movies professionally but i want to like see like if i can make the i mean mostly because it just seems stressful and, and really you know like it's in it's a lot of work for not very much money when you really think about it but like i love the fact that like um, like early on, I was like, I just want to make a movie that has a certain level of like, you know, could be in one of those four movie packs at Best Buy or like one of those like, you know, things like that. And looking at like what other movies were being being made at that budget level, Bookwalter's stuff always had a sense of like a really smart film language. Like you could tell he knew how to direct. Mm-hmm. And Stanzi, in addition to like being told, like being knowing how to direct, Stanzi like really like would like do really innovative, imaginative things. I mean, book art would would too, but they're very different. Like Stanzi's more experimental in 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 how he sort of proceeds with with certain films. But um, I have if, he had, if he had the time and money, he would make something just as oh my god, as, as right? The classics, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the Iron Charles is, Band movies yeah. they have like twelve days or whatever. And... <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Chucky so Band, gotta love him. Yeah, old Chucky Band. <laughs> <laughs> That's manufacturing awesome. his, his wizard big, big boxes yeah. 30 years after the fact trying to love sneak them. him by us yeah Hell yes we all love him <laughs> well i guess uh diving into the video dead so yeah. first time watch for me and you guys revisiting it for anyone that doesn't know what the concept of the movie is uh we kind of touched on it earlier uh it is about uh zombies coming out of a television uh <laughs> that is the and that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is the barest of plot summaries as to what goes on in in this movie so diving into the plot we start with uh two of my favorite characters in the movie the two delivery guys dropping off the television to, <laughs> to <Jeez>. the neighbor <laughs> and dude, uh, i just love that with like, the clipboard they're like where, where where was the like when they come back later and they're like where was this supposed to go and it's like the like the research like a cult research center yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, they have one a- job, which is just deliver this thing to the right house from the <laughs> Paranormal Institute, and they can't even do that, right? It's so funny. Like, literally, like, that's all the backstory we need. Why there's zombies coming out of this TV set? I don't know. It's from some <laughs> fucking stupid place, like spooky place. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that I think I said to Zach when we were watching this, I'm like, um, they're like, uh, yeah, we got a package here. We don't. Uh, the resender's already paid for it, and it's just, like, boarded up. Um, I'm not yeah. taking the package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like i do yeah, not could you imagine getting a tv that has boards across the screen <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i just i'm not taking it i'll be like yeah that ain't for me please take it somewhere else <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Uh, also actually, it's unplugged and it's still playing movie. the movie and it's like oh that's yeah. weird. his reaction is that's weird now I kind of just want to do that with like other items. Like I like give someone a mirror for their birthday, but it just has like tape all over it. Like, <laughs> oh, well, that's going to tie in perfectly later on because there's something that happens with mirrors oh, right. in here. <laughs> yeah, 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 I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also. Yeah, uh, it's, it's funny. I wanted to rewatch it. I didn't have a chime this week, but I, oh, I, yeah? I've seen it enough times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty memorable like that. We also, uh, just before we get to the delivery guys, um, the title card is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like iconic looking cover i can only imagine what it would have been like to see this in the video store on the shelves yeah yeah 
needed it in my life. I was like, I see you. You're for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we get. I, I would buy the poster if I had room down here. But hell right. yeah, I love yeah. that poster. Yeah. Well, then we get to the angry guy living in the house where the TV is going to go. And uh, he right out of the gate, I love this uh, this dialogue where he's talking about how he didn't order it. And he says something like, the only thing I've ordered in recent weeks is pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, when he's no longer with us, <laughs> spoiler, he just has that dead goldfish. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, dude, that's just so sad. I mean, like, yeah. I'm not like a. You know, I'm more of a cat guy, but that's sure. still very sad. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually, when he's waking up from the doorbell ringing from the delivery guys and he's like groaning, I said, Zach, that's me when I wake up in the morning. And Zach goes, do you have a dead goldfish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like half a second behind where where he was in the movie. And then the goldfish popped up and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, there's a there's a lot of twists and turns in here, but it does start off with a great opening kill for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, when, and the first time when the when the when the zombie comes out of the TV, it's like, dude, this is legit like like all the um like the lab work, like the electric like electricity and stuff, it looks really good. Like mm-hmm. it's really yeah. cool for for a movie of that of that budget. Yeah. I would also watch the shit out of this zombie blood nightmare tape that right? they're watching. <laughs> this thing looks awesome. That's the other thing I would say about um something like a zombie blood nightmare where it's like in movie in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that I was really conscious of when we were developing the WMF films. It's like, dude, I just want to make the shit that's always on a TV show in horror movies and i was like how can i just make that um and like literally like zombie blood nightmare like you know i'm sure that movie would be fucking awesome (laughs) absolutely uh future project coming from uh, chris lamartino zombie blood nightmare (laughs) well who who owns the rights to video dead i mean hire me to make a sequel (laughs) (laughs) we were Um, talking about that actually i was like this could either i don't know if a remake would necessarily be good but a sequel would be would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I I made the joke to someone a couple years ago. I would do like the digital dead, you know, or something. <laughs> yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's just got to be uh, something like uh, what they do. Uh, they did it with Rings a few years ago, where instead of a VHS tape, it was like all over the internet instead. Yeah, yeah just yeah, bring yeah. it into the that modern really day. <laughs> What'd you I say? Mean, you could make it. You could make it a DVD. True. True. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you say? Oh, Zach? Chris, you, I said Rings uh, sucked. I hated that movie. <laughs> I never um, saw it actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, Chris, you mentioned. Um, I was going to say, oh, uh, that WNUF was kind of like inspired by you know like that whole you know actually Just making stuff that exists TV. in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's also like that found footage aspect to it. But I mm-hmm. love that you did it not in a traditional found footage way because I-, I think found footage for me is rarely like rarely nails it. Mm-hmm. And like you yeah. nailed it, like you absolutely. Oh, thank you. It. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think that that's the thing that's really tough too. I mean, like that's one of the, the like as we talked about that movie as we were doing the uh, developing that project, it was like so many found footage movies. When you get a something with the UPC code, you're already taken out of it, right? I mean, like right. I think there's really smart ways to you can make a, a found footage movie and release it online now. But the problem is you'd have to do it in such a way <clears> where people could find it. Like if yeah. I wanted to be a total psychopath, um, but like a, I guess a successful in my strategy, I would make a movie now and just put it on YouTube and not market it at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like I like, but like, or if I was doing a found footage movie rather, or I would do some fucking weird, like we did with the original WF where like, um, uh, you know, put it on VHS and leave it around horror conventions or like, or like in thrift stores. Cause that's what we did before we released it. We, we put it, we uploaded it on torrent site with a fake description. But that being said, like, I think that's, that's so much found footage movies. Now it's like, okay, 
yes, if you sit down and watch this movie, theoretically, it like feels very, you know, sort of like, um, like the voyeurism is part of the aesthetic, right? Like the, yeah. like the lo-fi aesthetics. Um, but the issue is how it's being distributed, how it's being um, getting to your eyeballs already ruins that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that actually yeah. uh, isn't too far off from the, uh, and I, and I agree with Zach that uh, the, that fresh take on the found footage genre that you did with WNUF and out there Halloween megatape is genius. It's kind of similar to like, it's it's clear that WNF is inspired by this type of stuff because in this movie, mm-hmm. this kid finds just this TV and is like, oh, I'm just going to watch this. And it's like this, something you would see like way back in the day, like a like a Night of the yes. Living Dead type stuff. And I thought that was uh, totally. really cool. I was I was actually getting WNF vibes just a little bit when when watching Video Dead, which I thought was cool. Yeah. I mean, it's also interesting, too, to think about, like, you know, I mean, like he tries to ch- like change the channel. He has black <laughs> and white TV. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, like I grew up with, you know, basic cable where my where my folks like my folks had a basic cable package. But I do remember going like to friends houses or my grandparents sometimes when like they would only have the five, six channels. Mm-hmm. And like that was yeah. a whole nother planet, <laughs> man. Like it was crazy to me to be like, oh, my God, I have five things I could watch or I could go outside <laughs> you know, like, but now kids are like, like you have everything on your phone absolutely like, it, like, it's like you, have, you have you have no endless stream it's an endless stream of options to watch stuff oh yeah so, absolutely yeah well we we're introduced to uh brother and sister jeff and uh zoe i believe is the the female lead's mm. name and uh right out of the gate my first thought was man jeff is an asshole <laughs> because he's kind of a twerp yeah yep. his sister's like i'm uh i'm majoring in aerobics and a minor in music videos and he's just like what what's wrong with you and it's more like dude that's cool that is yeah. awesome that's I mean, so cool I, I mean i'm hopefully she has a career if she's stuck with those things i don't know i don't know i don't know. <laughs> <laughs> i hope well, so she, she does look like she's 38 in the movie so i don't know if yeah she's she, she, i was gonna say like i don't know what the age difference between the two of them is i mean I, I also know how old he's supposed to be playing though yeah <laughs> well i i was very confused because i'm like are these teenagers that their parents just like left in the house by themselves and then i guess later on you find out that the sister's like in her 20s because she's talking about uh, at least starting school, College, so yeah. like late yeah. teens, early twenties, maybe. Um, I mean, I also really like that about the movie too. It's like there's not many movies where like I feel like having parent characters is kind of like oh god, we have to have parent characters. Yeah. Whereas these kids, it's like let's just let them like <laughs> you know be on their own. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're introduced to their uh, their I guess it's a neighbor, uh, April, who has yes. my favorite introduction of her name ever. <laughs> <laughs> Which Zach and I, I think uh, wrote down. Zach, you do you remember what she said when she introduced herself? Uh, what did she say? She said, "I hate my name. It sounds like something that you would." I think she says, "I'm April. What? Don't you hate it? It sounds like the smell they put on Kleenex." <laughs> yeah, and it's like, does it? <laughs> does that? Yeah. I'm, my favorite line is when um, her dog's missing, and he's talking about she's she's like says like oh he's trying to like have, like fool around with the squirrel or with the the skunks, yeah. And then and then like and then like um she's like and then they'll spray him and then he'll get really turned on or something. <laughs> <That's> like <right. laughs> yep, you better believe. I was like, what the? How the hell are you raising your dog? See, like that. I'm curious about that. I'm actually gonna look this up right now. Like, did the guy who make this ever make anything else? Because it's so funny. Yeah. Like. 
Yeah, it's. Yeah. I was gonna look that up myself. Robert Scott is his name. I I did not get a chance to see if he had done. He made a movie called Rat Dog that I've never seen in 1990. <laughs> um, but then like he never did anything else, and it's like, dude, he's a funny writer. Yeah, no, like, he's yeah. really funny writer. Yeah, this dialogue is so quippy, especially from uh, uh, Joshua, that older guy that that uh comes. Oh my god, the, is, he, is he the garbage man? No, he's the guy that shows up later. He's like been tracking it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love, I love his performance. Just the way that he like says his lines. He just, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think Zach, you said that he looked like he was like blackout drunk throughout, <laughs> throughout his line. Yeah, the way he says delivery. his lines is just very drawn out, and it's just. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible that guy was. Who knows? <laughs> Well, this this movie looked like so much fun to make, though, because like it's clear that they didn't have a huge budget. But the again, the practical effects on the zombies were so good. Yeah, they really were like and they all looked like so like all of them look different. Like I like mm-hmm. how like the um like the the bride one, like she looks like she was either like really severely decomposed or like just like burnt alive. Mm-hmm. Um whereas like there's that one weird uh the one blue face blonde zombie <laughs> that looks like um God, he looks like a fucking like uh um oh my god, he looks like like he could be in one of the um uh the the greasers from Greece. Like like he looks like <laughs> Or he almost looks like um like um what's his name um David Bowie. I said, <laughs> that's what Zach said the so other I night. Said, oh really? Yeah. I said David Bowie and I said Doug Jones. Yep. Um, I don't know if you know who that is. He's the guy. Yeah, who no, played. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, was, I was like, yeah, that's some Billy the Zombie from Hocus Pocus right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Oh <laughs> yeah. my God. Yeah. I think I had a um, note that uh, the bride zombies makeup at one point kind of looks like Gina Davis in uh, Beetlejuice when her face is decaying. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can see that. <laughs> okay, trivia question, Kevin. Real quick, sorry. What um, you got, Chris? Do you know that? Do you know that the zombies? There are five of them. They have names. Do you happen to know the names of them? <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me. Let me I'm gonna make up names. Okay. okay. The bride <laughs> is the bride. One of them. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. I got that. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna call the, the uh, David Bowie zombie <laughs> Bowie or, or Zomboey. <laughs> um there's the, there's the bald zombie with glasses i'm gonna call him eugene uh who are okay. the other two i don't remember the other two um there's one with the like kind of like the top hat like the bowlers like kind of i don't know well, not yeah what, is it i'm gonna call the top hat i'm gonna call him jeeves no i don't know <laughs> <laughs> All right. and then what's and then who's who's the fifth one uh the fifth one is the guy who um i think it's is it April's mom who puts the iron through his head into the brain? Oh, yep. that guy. I'm going to call him uh, Carl. Okay. <laughs> his, his, his name is Ironhead. Ironhead? Yes. Eat your heart out, Clive Barker. <laughs> Carl is such a better name. Carl is better. <laughs> All right, Poor so we have Carl. Ironhead, Ironhead the Bride, uh, Jimmy D., Oh, like James Dean. Yeah. Oh. Jack. And then the half creeper. The half creeper. The half creeper. <laughs> oh, because he's guy gets cut in half, right? Yeah. <laughs> the half creeper sounds like the worst sex move you could ever do. <laughs> like <laughs> I gave her the old half creeper. <laughs> that's a look. Don't, you give, yeah, bad. That's, a look yeah, you give boy. someone at a bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. You got you tip you tip your fedora. Yeah. <laughs> We should, start, we should start a band called Jimmy D and the Half Creepers. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, that that's an important question. What What is your favorite of the zombies, actually, for your, both of you? I think The Bride. That is a good one. 
Yeah. I do like Ironhead. Ironhead. Yeah. Ironhead is cool. Yeah. I think I think my uh my go to is the the half creeper. I just I love the way he moves. <laughs> yeah. Just whenever he comes on screen and then just waddles across the floor, like he cracks me up. Uh, but but the bride and one of the other zombies have a great scene where they're figuring out how to use the blender in the house. Yes. <laughs> and they just start pressing all the buttons and they start giggling. See, you know what's interesting about this movie, and I think about this a lot of times with like like Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. It's like it's funny. But there is sincerely, there's something very disturbing about these zombies. Oh yeah, like it's like like yep. even in the scene when like they're they're all down in the basement and she's trying to like like str- like it's a weird like dinner party type scene with them, and like man, like at any moment I'm like this could be really fucking funny or really scary, and that's like a really um excellent. First of all, it's a really difficult dance to do as as a filmmaker, but like it's like it's very rare to have a movie that does that so well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. it also has a fantastic score to it, actually. I, yeah, lo- I love yeah. 80s like synthwave scores in horror movies. Like yeah, every every totally. single time uh I should check and see if uh Terrorvision has released that yet cuz that would be uh <laughs> that would be an immediate purchase. I just got the score for Spookies not too long ago, which is one of my Oh, the Spooky score is phenomenal. Oh, it's su- that is such a that's probably my go-to movie of of this style of of yes. horror. Spookies is just batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, and I, I'm assuming you have the um the Blu-ray because like yes, the story behind that movie is insane. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah, still really haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, dude, you got to. I mean, like it's oh, it's no. it's a, an incredibly uneven movie. Uh, but like it's like it's essentially just an effects demo reel. Yeah. You know, and it's like so. And and the woman, um, I, think, I forget how I don't know how to pronounce her name, but Jennifer Espinel was one of the um the effects artists. She also mm-hmm. did um uh Toxic Avenger. She did the effects for okay. Toxic Avenger. And I was always curious about that. Why she like doesn't do my, maybe I mean, her movies are very stressful. But I thought she was an amazing effects artist of that era. And then eventually, I think she just went to to more traditional like makeups or more TV like makeups things like that. But really talented woman, really talented artist. So. Well, it's fascinating about uh, Spookies, too. You brought up Chris it being like mm-hmm. really uneven. But the story behind it was that it was essentially, Zach, it was essentially a couple movies that just got thrown into <laughs> one. So it makes sense. You just you jump back and forth between all these different premises. You're like, what the fuck is happening right now? Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, once the, I mean, once the zombies are out, I mean, before that, there's a couple great scenes with, uh, Jeff, like interacting with the television. I love the, uh, what's the, the blonde woman on the TV, uh, Zach, what is her name again? Uh, her name is the woman. The, okay. Um, there we go. <laughs> so she's credited. Uh, but this is, uh, Jennifer. Yeah. Jennifer Miro. She's the lead singer of the nuns. I, I'm not familiar with this band. I'm assuming they're a punk band. I don't know. Yeah. I hope. Where, where was it made? Do you know what, what city? I don't. I want to say San I, Francisco. I could be wrong. Okay. I, I I do think it's California. If memory serves, that's just yeah. that's it's like so funny. Like, yeah, that's someone you should. I bet you could get the director of this movie to be on the podcast and talk about I, it. Like, you could just you could just redo this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to talk to. Or you know what you should do. You know what you should do? you should make him watch WNF now. <laughs> Have, do an episode of him reacting to WNEF. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be that'd be uh, that'd be oh, awesome. Man, that'd be so fucking funny. I, uh, that'd be fun as hell. I also, if we could get the the singer of the nun or the band member of the nuns, uh, the woman in here, I would talk to her all day about her delivery of "Make love to me, Jeff." 
<laughs> that comes from upstairs. I was talking with uh, Zach while we were doing this, and I said something about, he said something about Jeff and asked me a question. And right as he did that, I heard make love to me, Jeff, come out of my television, and I couldn't even talk anymore. I was cracking up so badly. <laughs> but I, I love that. I love that this, um, I don't, Chris, I don't know if you were into this at all, but I got a lot of Goosebumps vibes from this movie. Yeah, and I can see that. I uh like I kind of thought mm-hmm. of like say cheese and die like those those cursed objects that like entice yes. you with desires yeah. and stuff like that. I always love when movies can make an object scary. And I totally. love that it does that with the television here so it entices Jeff with a with a beautiful woman and yeah. you know then the zombies come out and get you. I just I love when movies can make that happen. Yeah, totally. No, I do. I do love a cursed object. <laughs> yeah, and there's something very creepy in like how they do for as cheesy as the movie is like there's kind of like this erotic aspect to it where it kind of lures you in and, you know, yeah. does that kind of. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk some favorite moments. What are uh, what do you get? What comes to your guys mind when you when you think of uh, video dead? What are some standout moments for you? I mean, I think about the dead goldfish, but I also think about when Jeff <laughs> is in the tree with the um with the chainsaw yep and like and like and like the dude is just joshua's just like laughing at him it's like all right dude like you're you're like i don't know why you think this is funny this this kid is fucked yeah um but then also the um the like what i also really like about that whole scene is the bells like the like i love Mm. the idea first of all i love a good van helsing character or like 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 an expert monster slayer and um I feel like uh, like just the the lore or the strategy or the little like rules, so so to speak. Like I love those things, man. Like that's that's yeah. one of my favorite like, little tropes in that film. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, that is, that is a very uh, entertaining scene. That like two yeah. minutes go by and uh, Joshua has fallen asleep in the cabin when supposed to be when he's supposed to be looking out for the zombies. <laughs> no, like broad daylight. Yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff is just like, come on, man, wake up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like I think this is supposed to be tense, but it's also really hysterical to me. Yeah. And then just the fact that the zombies grab sticks from the ground and just start beating him with sticks to try to get him out of the tree. <laughs> he's like a he's like a human pinata. Yep. Exactly. Zach, what you what you got? What do you uh, what are your, some of your favorite moments for Video Dead? I have to say when I think is it April's parents that get killed in the house um, when the yeah. bride and the other zombie put the dad in the washing machine. <laughs> you see his legs kind of spinning around like that. Um, love that. Um, and then, like you said, Chris, when Jeff is swinging from the tree with the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the when they uh, saw the one zombie in half, I was telling Kevin, <laughs> fun fact, bloody disgusting dot com they included that scene in uh the 10 most awesome chainsaw scenes of all time in horror movies <laughs> yes yeah i saw that yeah it's so funny <laughs> it's a good scene and there's like mice running out of it and stuff you can see it like running around in the guts and well i love cool. i love that whole dialogue before they saw the creeper in half where they're arguing about who gets to <laughs> who gets to do the <laughs> sawing and the one kid yeah. is like i should get to use the chainsaw it's like geez man <laughs> You really want to <laughs> really want to take out this zombie. <laughs> uh, that was another thing that I noticed. So like the chainsaw hanging from the trees is like really close to the end of the movie. The whole time I, I was under the impression that Jeff was going to make it all the way. And then he kind of just gets axed in the in the shed. 
And yeah, it's like the, it's like Joe Bob rules. It's like anybody can die at any time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was definitely shocking uh, to me. And I actually I started off like early on. I'm like, Jeff is a little little bit much. But over time, his like I'm like, oh, his dialogue is supposed to be written this way. Like it's very yeah. obnoxious little brother, but that knows way yeah. too much about the ser- the scenario. Um, one of my favorite shots too is uh, when they're all the the guy that came that came to claim the TV. Joshua, Zoe, April, and um, Jeff are all holed up in the house, and there's like some sort of storm like kind of brewing outside, and the zombies are just like trying to get in at the door. I'm like, this is such a throwback to like the OG Night of the Living Dead, and I kind of love it for that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um. <laughs> I d- I do love later. So that so maybe you guys can help me out with this because I still can't figure it out. The mirrors, <laughs> they mm-hmm. do something to the zombies. I still I still cannot figure out what what they do when a zombie sees a mirror. So what did what did you guys get from that? I mean, don't they start eating themselves? Isn't that it? Like they like they almost like see another person and they like it's sort of like a almost like a self destruct. It's almost okay. like Medusa seeing her reflection, right? Like she would turn to stone <laughs> or, or, or some, some degree like that. Gotcha. I don't know. I'm, 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 I might be helping the, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think that, yeah, because when they're in the basement, they go into like a crazed state where they start eating each other. And yeah. I think, yeah, and then it kind of like pushes them back into their kind of realm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was that's how I read it at least. But okay, I, <laughs> well, I just I love that scene of uh, blue face zombie trying to like maneuver <laughs> around the mirrors on the front of the door. So he's just like trying to break it so he can get into the house. And then after Jeff dies, just this is where I got really confused. Where Zoe's like, "I'm just gonna be hospitable with the with the zombies and <laughs> and give them food and and be nice to them." So at some point, um, I think it was Joshua explains that if you don't show that you're afraid, then they're not going to attack you. So she's trying yeah. to pretend like, every, you know, she's fine. So she's like they're serving like them dinner. They're like, they're like our bears. <laughs> like, don't wear any perfume. Don't look them in the eye. <laughs> I I just think of uh, like uh, holes with John Voight. He's like, you won't bother them. They won't bother you. Usually. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> uh, but uh, that scene of them eating—that was very monsters of them just like yeah. eat, eating cereal and stuff like that. There's a lot of little homages to like horror comedies and and actually throwback scare like scary zombie movies, which I kind of love about this movie. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so yeah, the zombies end up eating themselves because she locks them in the uh, in the basement, and then I. So that whenever they eat themselves or when they die, they uh, they get sucked back into the television, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a whole um, lot of explanation needed there. It's like when we talk about what the movie was, I'm like, um, zombies come out of the television. Exactly. <laughs> and that's all there is to it. Next. Got it. Yeah. Cut print. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I didn't think I liked the ending before, but. Watching it this time and thinking about it, I think I love it because she ends up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of like a psych ward, basically? Or, or... I, I guess that or she's like, I don't I don't like, I guess I could go either way with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think if I told somebody that there were zombies coming on the TV, I'd probably end up. In... <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and her parents come to visit her and they're like, we brought you a gift. And it's the <laughs> fucking it's the fucking TV. Well, that's the thing I'm like. 
why, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I don't like, I don't remember going to a hospital in the eighties, uh, but I do remember when I was diagnosed with diabetes in, in, my, in, in the nineties, every fucking uh, hospital room had a TV, <laughs> like, you know, so like, maybe they were like, no, we brought your TV from home. I'm like, what? Yeah. Mom yeah. and dad, what? That's so yeah, funny. For 87, yeah, 97, that is pretty weird. I'm sure they had TVs in the hospital rooms in 1987. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd imagine yeah, so. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, just the fact that they wheel it in on on the table and they're like, "This will cheer you up." Uh, it's kind of a creepy, creepy ending though, where the zombies are just like, "Yeah, you didn't get away." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The last shot where they kind of like zoom in on her face and like the lighting gets really dark and it's just, yeah. and she's like you know screaming. It's, uh, it's yeah. actually pretty creepy. It's like, damn. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a very uh, very unsettling shot, but uh, man. Chris, what a pick, man! This movie is a ton of fun. Oh, I'm really <laughs> glad. I'm glad to introduce it uh, into your life. Yeah, man. man. Like, seriously, it, it was definitely a movie that. Um, uh, first of all, it wasn't an easy movie to find outside of that video store. Like, I rented it from Video Magic at least three or four times. because yeah. um, because I you know I didn't own a copy and it was um, man, uh, I loved it, loved it to death. And then obviously, as soon as the television, um, the television and uh, Video Dead uh, Blu-ray split came out, I think it was Shout Factory that put that out. Um, yeah. yeah definitely scoop that up and it was i mean like that was one of the things that's so great to like hear the commentary and all that stuff so yeah, yeah. i love shout factory F- finding all these yeah. gems from they do some then. great stuff yeah. same yeah. same them and uh vinegar syndrome is getting their name out there too a lot i think that's actually where i got the spookies blu-ray from mm-hmm. uh yeah. and you know, they they put in the work to recover all these uh all the details about these kind of forgotten films which i think is awesome i think it's you know important to know that However cheesy they are, they were done with like someone put a lot of work into it, and I love getting to hear about these films that people don't don't talk about. So yeah. I would love to definitely do more research on on the video dead for sure. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Such a it was a great pick, man. Thank you for for bringing this well, on so to the much, show. Thanks so much for um, asking me on, and, and it was a really good time talking to y'all. Yeah, <laughs> likewise, man. It was an honor, honestly. Yeah, WNUF is like one of the, my favorite horror comedies. Thank you so. so much, man. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, man. <laughs> and that's that's kind of where I wanted to go, just with the last few minutes of the of yeah, the show. So, yeah, no, no, no. Happy to. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, like Zach has said, like he summed it up perfectly. WNUF out there, Halloween mega tape, fantastic movies. They are both Thank absolutely you. incredible. I think their genius takes on kind of what we've seen in the found footage realm, uh, but with again with more more twists and turns than people would expect. And going back to some stuff like the Video Dead and the mm-hmm. Toxic Avenger and the movies that you kind of grew up watching. WNUF emulates a lot of that and it has the feel of like the old school specials that you would watch like as it is a horror comedy I mean I get the same feeling watching it like this might be a weird comparison but like you know watching Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown it has that very nostalgic feel to it where it's a very you're like oh it's a warm blanket on Halloween night type type feel to the movies so I kind of wanted to know where did the where did the idea stem from for WNUF and out there Halloween megatape for you personally yeah, so WNF, I mean, I've, I've talked about that one a lot, so I'll summarize that very quickly. Because um, out there's a lot, like, I, I don't, I mean, unfortunately, I haven't actually done that many podcasts about talking about out there, mostly because we toured them out there all October mm-hmm. uh, or like all like fall. So, like, I really was like, we didn't do many podcasts to promote it. Um, and shit, dude, we, we barely promoted that movie in the sense that, like, um, uh, I've never even taken a single ad to market that movie. People only know about the sequel from word of mouth, which is kind of amazing. Cause it's, I, I it's, love how you're doing it, man. It's yeah, so dude. Cool. I mean, it's just cause we're, it. you know, one we're yeah. cheap, but also, but we, we just like, <laughs> are, you know, DIY sort of punk rockers. So, mm-hmm. um, but I was going to say like, 
Okay, so uh, WNF started because I wanted to make a found footage movie, and I was thinking about like well, what I hated about found footage movies. So I wrote all the things down I hated about found footage movies, like the idea of what we talked about earlier, like you know, like when you watch something with the UBC code, you know you immediately know. So the idea of distributing something initially on tape, I also thought it's really stupid that most found footage movies when something happens, uh, it's like, why don't they turn the camera off? And that was another thing. Why don't they turn the camera off? Oh, because it's a TV show, because literally if they turn the camera off, they lose advertising revenue, they can't go off air. And then the third thing, what I was going to say was, um, I always thought like, uh, you know, found footage movies are really monotonous. There are a couple locations, one loc there are a couple characters in one location. It's very like, boring i'm not into that i make for bigger ensemble films and um ultimately i had this moment where i was like holy shit dude if it was a tv broadcast we could break it up we could literally make commercial breaks and at the time i was working in an ad agency um now i, I work for a big old corporation but like i was working for an ad agency making all these like making like like social media content digital advertising things and i kind of just like was like man i'd love to like not have clients and just use all the dumb ideas i have and just like make all these stupid commercials like i would come up with puns or like stupid ideas for ads that no one would ever give me money to do but that's sort of and it all sort of gelled and honestly it's 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 a movie that takes place in halloween so making a haunted house movie is really important right sure um so but like with with the one thing after we finished WNUF, I kept thinking about the idea of making fake media, but that was era appropriate. There's something really special about that. And I was like, this is really fun. And I think the luxury of the WNUF movies, the original and out there Halloween megatape, is looking back at a time period with the benefit of knowing what happens over the course of the next 30 years, right? Like I think about something like George Romero did, like um, Night Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, to sort of talk about the ills of each era that he was in, right? However, you know, I'm sure he would have made a movie about 1960s America much differently in 1990s or 2000s America if he knew what was what you know if, you know if, if he knew Ronald Reagan was coming or George W. Bush was coming. So like I think about that with the WF films. I was like, how would I? How did culture evolve for better or worse in the 90s? Like the 90s are more progressive than the more progressive than the 1980s, but they're not progressive compared to now. We thought back in the 90s like holy shit, things are so much more liberal now, but they're really not comparatively to you know, yeah. 2023. And I think, I mean, even things, the idea of like when we were kids, stuff like Captain Planet or like, um, like marketing, like saying, like, like, like saying to kids, like, hey, we should think about preserving the planet. We fucking didn't. I mean, literally, like, yeah. if you like look what's happening, the wildfires in Canada right now, like, it's oh, yeah. crazy, dude. Like, we are fucked. And yeah. like, it's interesting <laughs> to think about things through the lens of like, we did nothing back then. And we're, this is a big comic tragedy because we don't learn from our mistakes. Um, but I also think too, like, the after Halloween mega tape is really about, um, uh, you know, um, the, the line I've been saying, and I believe this is accurate, if is if WNUF is about how we consumed media in the 1980s, out there Halloween megatape is about how we got construct uh, how the media started to consume us in the 1990s. And I think I mean, like, I've already thought about ways that we would we would make a third WNUF film that would take place uh, 2003, 2004. Um, sort of like in a in a sort of like post 9-11 America Ooh, uh, and, and that's the one thing I'll say all the movies are political I mean like you know yeah. the mm -hmm. WF doesn't seem as political because it's like more dressed up by the haunted house stuff but like they are very like political movies and um, no I mean like I mean the thing the biggest thing I had the breakthrough I had with out there was in the original WF I was worried that people would be upset if they had to rewatch commercials so I remember introducing the fast forwarding thing Without their Halloween negative, I kind of made a conscious decision. Okay, I'm not going to make any commercials repeat, but I've, and so it's not as realistic. And it's a little bit more self aware, but that's like the nature, one, it's the nature of the 1990s. The, mm -hmm. the, like the 99s were way more self aware. Um, but then also, um, 
every sequel that I know, I think about Gremlins 2, I think about Fright Night 2, I think about Terminator 2. They they know what they're doing and they're building it in a, in a different direction. Yeah. Um, more And like, you know, obviously like um, without ruining it for everybody um, who hasn't seen it, you know, it's it's best to go into Out There Halloween Make a Tape blind. Like it's best to look at that movie and go, okay, like um, the first one was about ghosts. This one is not about ghosts. Like there's some threads, but like it's a, it's a totally different beast. And I think it's a, 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 a cultural phenomenon um, occult sort of paranormal wise it's very unique to the 1990s um but no but the big thing that was like, got me super stoked about and kevin i don't know if i gave you one of these at, at mad monster did i give you a, a trader tony catalog uh i think so yeah because i okay. i talked to you at your table got the copy of uh out there halloween mega tape i it's think like i got printed, one printed, okay yeah yeah if you don't have one let me know and i'll send you one um sure. but i was gonna say because i really appreciate being on the podcast um absolutely so the um so Early on, I was like, okay, when I was a kid in the 90s, obviously I ran things from the video store. But one of the things that that existed that was my gateway to the more crazy shit was in the back of Fangoria or in the back of like whatever magazines I was reading at the time, you'd see these ads for like, you know, rare, uncut from Japanese laser disc, like, you know, alternate endings, get a catalog, you know, video search of Miami or catalog of Carnage. You would send in five bucks and they would send you a Xerox catalog of movies you could get. And it was stuff where like, I mean, some of it was like, you know, like, like just straight up like porno or fetish tapes, like, um, which my mom was not never really super jazzed about, but she said, just don't read those listings. <laughs> um, or it would be like the uncut version of Evil Dead 3 with the alternate ending, obviously Army of Darkness, but they called it Evil Dead 3 so people know what it was. Um, you know, like when something was like letterboxed, you know, like um, all these things that it was like, that was the only way you were going to see certain movies. Like that's the only way you're going to see stuff like right as dvd started to pick up that's when that stuff started to wane and then once the internet became the internet of today where you could like high speed more high speed internet like i mean i remember dial up it would take me fucking five minutes to to access a website so these xerox catalogs and sending in cat well concealed cash or checks that was how you bought copies of you know all these crazy movies so that all said in my head i was like how am i gonna make the wnf movie or the wnf sequel function the same way for the 1990s like it's gonna be you got this tape from Trader Tony's Tape Dungeon, a fake bootleg movie operation. And like, this is something that's really hard to explain to people um, quickly. And that's the issue, right? Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm, I I work in marketing and advertising, but it's like, <laughs> you know, like I, I, like, I kind of like the idea that this has to be sort of a whisper campaign and people have to talk about this movie and it has to build up. So that all said, um, during COVID, the movie got pretty fucked because of COVID, right? Like we were supposed to shoot most of the movie during spring of 2020. That did not happen. The movie got held up. However, I knew what I wanted to do and and COVID actually gave us a really good opportunity. I wrote 350 fake blurbs for movies that you could buy from Trader Tony's Tape Dungeon and you could get them. Um, you know, basically what we did was we did um, certain price points where um, for the folks that backed our GoFundMe campaign for $100, you got the DVD, the VHS, and then the Trader Tony's Tape, Trader Tony's Tape Dungeon catalog. And the Trader Tony's Tape Dungeon catalog, like, like literally that was the only way you could get it. Like, unless I see you at a convention, I give it to you. And Zach, I'll make sure to send, just send me your address. I'll send you one too. Uh, but oh, awesome. it time. was like one of those things where it was like, uh, dude, like it was so fucking like um, fun to write those things. Like literally Melissa, my wife, who, Melissa plays Ivy Sparks in the film and she's called the call girl of Cthulhu and call girl. Um, 
she uh you know she and i would crack up a bottle of wine come with like dumb ideas like oh what's a good title for an exploitation movie we just riff and then the next day i'd wake up and write the blurbs but i all did it in this voice of sort of like a new jersey bootleg guy because all these catalogs had such a funny sense of humor and then ultimately when we made out there halloween megatape i was like i, I was like i want to have someone do a commentary as trader tony talking about putting this tape together and also like um uh you know like just like what he did and why he went to jail for bootlegging videos and i actually got um henry zabrowski um from last podcast on the left who, who's like has been a very strong champion of the wf movies he's always been super sweet and super supportive one of the funniest like most creative minds i know um but he does a commentary on the disc as trader tony and i would say it's it's as funny if not funnier than the movie like he's like <laughs> just fucking brilliant yeah. So and that, cool. that was a fun experience. Like we literally did like a, a, a zoom where he watched the movie in real time. And then I would like, like send him prompts, like, now talk to me about how you and Reed Richmond did something illegal at a convention or, or like, you know, like, you know, it's like, it was like, it was, like, it, was, like it, was, it was really amazing. It was a really great, really good experience. So, um, but yeah, like going back to extra features, I mean, like releasing the movie, I want to make sure people could get all that sort of weird mythology world building type uh, elements to the whole package. Yeah, and that's that's what I loved so much about Out There Halloween Megatape is that it really, if you're a fan of WNUF, it like really expanded the world of that Thank you. of that concept. And you know, I love that you brought up that it's like kind of a nine, like a really a '90s like little time capsule '90s period piece in a lot yeah. of ways. The commercials are very '90s. Um, the messages were topics that were brought up in the '90s, and I also. You know, I just I there again without ruining it. There's a there's a theme in there that I noticed a lot when watching it, where it's like, okay, it's a '90s time capsule. The internet isn't huge at the moment, but I noticed there's a theme throughout the movie of like some people's desperation to be in the spotlight in the media. Yes, hence yes. some of some of the the characters you see in the very beginning of the movie on the talk show. Um, you know, it's like very. So that's what people did is like the internet's not really now nowadays you can get on I the mean, internet yeah. you can get on the internet so easily but back then you couldn't do it and you had to like shock people yeah i mean it's, it's really interesting man i think i i think i've got what's well, funny i've got two more wf related projects in me one i'm gonna i'm hopefully gonna i'm gonna knock on wood and hope i can shoot this fall and that's sort of like what i would call our ewok adventure right if wf's gonna be a, a trilogy <laughs> this is my ewok adventure it's, it's a very kind of related to the wf movies but not really yeah. like it's it's um um, and I, and I plan on doing that, um, cause it's only, it's only gonna be 60 minutes. Um, but then the third one, I really want to talk about that, how, how culture evolved, evolved into the two thousands, but what you said about the talk show stuff, I mean, think about it, like shows like Jerry Springer or Ricky Lake or like Maury, those were the original comments section, right? You know, how they say now don't read the comments. Like mm -hmm. those were people being just fucking terrible. To other human point, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, it's just like, it's just insane. Like literally like other people's shame or humiliation, that was their entertainment. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's really sad, like really, really sad. I mean, I, I actually think Ivy Sparks, the character actually is like a, a, a on it, like a good person, like not a wife, she's a good person because they're still a vessel, but like, I think she's more noble than a lot of those people, but it's also yeah. like, she's still chasing the same things that those people are chasing. You know, she just has the microphone. It's, it's, it's a very interesting, um, you know, I think largely WF is really t the sequel is is also about like what cultures evolve to go into something else, what cultures die, and I mean if any even in the opening and closing image, it's all about how we dress up the same themes by decade by decade, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, it's yeah, the same stories, just different. Uh, yeah, exactly. Different technologies. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, these are all primal emotions that every fucking human being and every society deals with. 
I was just thinking about that a couple months ago. Me and my wife were watching Jaws, and she was like, "None, uh-huh. none of this in this movie even exists anymore. None, none of mm-hmm. these cars, the way that they communicate, none of it even is this planet anymore. It's like on, oh, it's man. like on, it's a different world." I, I haven't watched Jaws in a long time. I'm so, to do that. Watch it. It's so weird. Like you, yeah. you, nothing is recognizable to what is today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's but weird. you still, you still identify with him, you know, as the sheriff, yeah. you know, just his paranoia with the town. Yeah. And it still works just flawlessly. I mean, I'll tell you what, you know, a thing does exist. Uh, politicians basically being like, this is, this is about money. We have to keep the beaches <laughs> <Yeah>. open. <laughs> You're all going right, to fucking yeah. die. Cause yeah, that, that's, that's made. the power of uh, storytelling. Just like what you're doing. Yeah. Is that like, it doesn't matter uh, where you're setting it or, you know, it's just, uh, you know, you, yeah. you know, exactly you can relate to it, you know? Yeah. 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 And I, that's what I, again, what I appreciate about Out There Halloween Megatape is like, you talk about the found footage genre or the subgenre of horror, right? Probably one of the most, oh, just to put it straightforward, probably one of the most oversaturated subgenres in horror. We have yes. seen. Because it's we, easy to do. Yeah. It's, it's easy to do. It's easy to produce. But we've seen the same execution time and time and yeah. time again. And WNUF and Out There Halloween Megatape are such breaths of fresh air in that world. Thank you. That Thank you I, I think there's, I'm glad to hear there's more, you know, coming down the pipeline because I think yeah. there's endless ways to play in this world. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, the commercials are entertaining, but like you said, they're, the movies have politics in them. And it's like, you can go yeah. from the, the most goofy commercial ever that it's like some product that I desperately want to own. There's about probably yeah. 10 things in the commercials that I'm like, I want to own that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then it'll go to like a real yeah. world message that's tied into, to what's going on. But yeah. without their Halloween megatape, it probably could have been easy to do WNUF part two, another haunted house type story. And you didn't do that. You actually subverted my expectations personally in Thank that you. it, you ex- you opened the world up and didn't repeat yourself, and I think that they're a great double. It was feature. tough though, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was tough because I definitely knew people. There were a lot of people that are angry that I was like, "This isn't a horror movie," and and I would say like, "You're right, it's not." But like at the same time too, it's like I think it has to. You know, you have to try different things. But on that note, my friends, I think it's time for me to open a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, hey, Chris, it has been a total blast and an honor yes. to have you on here, man. We. I think I can safely say for Zach and I, we are big fans of you, man. And just oh, going, yeah. just going to the conventions and connecting with people. You're one of my favorite people that I've met and I love your work. I know we both oh, do. And, uh, you are welcome on midnight terrors. Anytime you would like anything you want to promote yeah, or, or any movie, we'll, we'll gladly have you back. But, uh, real quick before we let you go, where can people mm-hmm. find, uh, the yes. WNUF Halloween special and out there Halloween mega tape and where yeah, can so- they, where can they follow you? Yeah, so um, you can you can buy a copy of Out There Halloween Megatape or WNUF or a bunch of other stuff. My wife is a horror host. She does a show called Shocktail Hour, and she has DVDs as well. We have T-shirts all at WNUF.BigCartel.com. So you can buy all our stuff there. And then um, Twitter, uh, just Chris LaMartina. I think it's, you know my handle is Chris LaMartina. I think Instagram is Chris LaMartina. Um, I'm not really big on people friending me on Facebook. So it's sure. just, I mean, honestly, like, it's just like one of those things where it's like, I mean, I still have a ton of horror people on there, but I'm trying not to do that as much. Um, so like just interact with me on Instagram or Twitter probably is best. Awesome. Well, thank you yeah. so much, Chris, for your time, man. We appreciate Absolutely. you. Hope to have you back soon. Zach, thank you for joining me. Thank you both for making episode 50 something special. 
That is it for the Midnight Terrors podcast, everybody. Thank you for listening in. Get in touch with us on social media, Midnight Terrors podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com, and we'll be back with more episodes very soon. Much love. Peace. Peace.